Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced, is all things should be, here on a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our men and women in uniform who serve, have served, or will be serving. We're so grateful for you. Just two Infinity Bros today, as we've had a pretty busy weekend with content, as you'll uh, you'll hear at the end of the show. But uh, it's Infinity Bro Max here, your host, with Infinity Bro Mark. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Happy to be here live in the ears of our Infinity Bros universe. Mark, it feels like an eternity since we've talked. Been one of those weeks uh, for both of us, in particular for me. I have had a ear infection that has been putting me... Excuse me, I'm dropping things. Um... An ear infection that has been putting me uh, very, very much on the couch uh, with little to no energy and uh, incredible pain. So I'm glad that I'm able to even make this show work. Uh, First time. How's your Memorial Day weekend going? Pretty good. Oh well, yeah, that's one of the things. Uh, you have you have friends over right here. Yeah, I have a friend here, Robert Smarnik. People might not know him. If you were to give him a rating as a friend being at your house on Memorial Day weekend in the context of what's going on, how would you rate it so far oh, for you? Definitely a 6.01 out of 6. He exceeds. That's above 6. Can you can you go on or is there anything uh, just more you could add to that? Sometimes uh, to get a high score like that, I mean, all it really takes is, you know, making time to spend with friends and putting in the effort to either go to them or just because you want to spend time i don't know where i'm going with this anymore kind of lost track okay but good yeah. i was just gonna say you are you subtweeting anybody in particular can we tag them in the show notes is what my next question was they don't probably listen so they'll never hear this so you know touche uh your drink is once again blurred out as if you're not supposed to have it on the show but here we are i love that it's a christian podcast uh, right yeah it's <laughs> yeah it's a christian podcast even though it's soda um uh, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts, you can check us out at. We've had a pretty busy week, too. You can follow us on Twitch at Infinity Bros underscore Infinity Bros. Um, that's, that's a great opportunity to catch us doing stuff. I know Isaac's been doing a ton on there. And this week in particular, Isaac uh, got to go on. Infinity Bro Isaac was on the Comics in the Cross podcast that actually aired today, Sunday, uh, at 2 p.m. So if you don't follow our friends at Comics at the Cross, Comics and the Cross, excuse me, uh, go check them out on all those social media platforms as well. That was a great interview where Isaac talked about the MCU Phase One. So we want to make sure we plug that. And uh, just in general, if you want to watch any of our uh, subpar gaming but above average uh, commentary, this is the group for you. Mark, we do have a quasi newish review, so let's get into our iTunes reviews. Uh, you can check us out on iTunes as well and leave us a rating, preferably a five star rating. If it's anything lower, we uh, we will probably make fun of you. So we do have two new ratings. Uh, we have a three star review without any words. Uh, so Mark, any comments about who you think that would be? I know someone that's scared to leave an opinion. Who leaves a three star review? Like, what context leaves you to go? This is okay. I'm going to leave it a three star with no like. Feedback. I always found the three star out of the five star review. To be a little like, why leave it? It's like you came, did you come just like by accident? And you're like, nah, they're all right. And you leave a three star where it's like, when you look at it, like everyone or like all the ratings, it's always like there's either a bunch of fives, some fours, and then a bunch of twos and some 
some ones or vice versa and that it's like usually three is just like it's like the lazy listener like doesn't maybe you know just to try new things they're like i'll leave a rating whatever it was okay like they're helping out society in some way i don't know that's how i feel about three stars yeah but like are they a lazy listener though they're taking the effort to leave the review for the other reviewers i mean don't you think whatever yeah whatever so if you left a three star review, screw you. Um, yeah. the, uh, leave, other review was leave a... one stars and rip us. That's what we want. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I honestly would rather you leave a one star and rip us. Yeah, it's that... way more comical for us, and it's better. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like three stars are worthless. Yeah, we literally have yet to receive a one or two star review. Like I- I'm waiting for that day to come. And we want genuine. So this is the we invitation. want genuine one and two stars. Agreed. Yeah, I don't want I don't want a crappy pity one star. Somebody who's a friend of ours who like, oh, I, I like these guys, but I'm gonna leave a one star just for the humor, and leave some joke about I disagree with the take that one of these guys has. No, no, no. If you hate us, put it out there. We want to see we want to see it and lift you up and then tear you down. Um, this comes from American Way. <laughs> it's the American Way. Uh, past Brian Sow, uh, he has left a review for us before, Mark. Uh. Are you for or against the um, redoing your review on iTunes review? See, this is, I guess you go by this. Is the review, I haven't read it, but is the review reviewing a specific episode where they're like, maybe they had a lot of passion and loved it. The episode that they're like, I got I, I need to leave my opinion and comment versus just another review of the podcast as a whole. That's why. Let me read that's it why and I split. You, you can provide, you can provide feedback. Let me read this. He says, so engaging, love these guys and the off-topic rants. Love the back and forth and chemistry you all have. Keep going, guys. Nothing but positives, Mark. This is like the opposite of your soul, Mark. Like, there's no genuine hatred here. It is just pure joy. How do you react to this? How do you react to something like Like, that? Like, I kind of wanted more more in there so, like, I could really rip him. But it's, like, it's so, like, his comments is so pure. It's, like, it's hard. And, like, man, thank you. That's all I can say. It's just hard. That's 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 Mark's review of that. Review. It's just hard to it's it's just hard, hard to even fathom to rip that that review, even though it's so glowing in positivity. <laughs> well, thank you for leaving a review, Brian. Uh, past Brian Sow. We appreciate. I think that's Brian Sauter, Robbie's brother. Uh, we appreciate you and all the listeners of the Infinity Bros Universe. Uh, we'd lo- hope you leave some reviews. You can also email us at infinitybrospodcast at gmail Let's get into some nerd news, and there's a lot this week. Uh, The big one, we're not going to bury the lead. We're going to dive right into it, is the Justice League Snyder Cut. HBO announced this week that HBO Max will debut the project in 2021, and it will possibly be a four-hour director's cut or a six-hour TV-style chapter cut. As the Helmer gets the bang, the gang back together with the original post-production crew to score, cut, and finish visual effects, Hollywood Reporter reports, obviously Snacks, Zack Snyder went on air during a screening, uh, a, a, I think it was a watch party for Man of Steel with Henry Cavill, and uh, revealed this with a picture on it. Uh, Previewing 2021, coming Zach, Zack Snyder, Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut. Mark, this has been a topic we've talked about on this show, and definitely one behind the scenes. And before we get into this, I want to make sure that our 
listeners and those that are listening are familiar with our rating system in case we rate things. We also jokingly rated uh, Mark's friend at the top of the show. So we're going to put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity step. So, Mark, before we dive into any of this, I would love to just know, out the gate, what is your Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League ratings? And I'll give mine, too, but I think that that's just going to provide a lot of context for how we feel on these subjects. Before I say that, I'm just happy that this is finally happening because I... I, I I couldn't I couldn't go another week sacrificing another goat for this. I mean, it's just been tough, especially in the pandemic. They get goats so fresh, and I'm just happy. It's, I'm finally happy it's working out. Well, Mark, I guess my question, and the reason I ask your rating is this. Where were you siding before? We'll talk about this and what this means in a minute here. But before all this proceeded, where were you sitting on this, I guess is my question. I was all, I was all in for the Snyder Cut because I think it was right before Justice League – kind of came out there was um because i think in the original trailer there's a scene where there's like a growing green light and like you know online they're like oh so and so was you know did scenes and supposed to be dark side so and so did scenes supposed to be or like you know green lantern and like like people in production were saying oh yeah it's a green lantern scene so like they painted a picture that uh you know was supposed to be more like at the beginning and then you know we kind of never got this cut or you know version of it because of the you know life and family you know situations that were going on with Zack Snyder at the time where someone had to step in and I don't know where they were at production or post-production but you know Whedon comes in right it was Josh Whedon that came in Josh it was Josh Whedon Josh and like Whedon. I don't know much about what he kind of did an input to change stuff or he was kind of maybe just being maybe didn't have full reins and had people in higher ups and executive positions you know telling him what they want and that's what he did because he was just getting a paycheck but but yes i i've wanted the snyder cut for a while after knowing what he all did well and this is hard for me and i think the context and and i will go back to ratings in a sec because i do want to hear what your ratings are um for me i was on the other side of the spectrum i was like we don't need it justice league is what it is um it was a botched attempt at the franchise and DC needs to do what, in my opinion, they've been doing, which is move on, create Elseworld stories, come back when it's time and when there's enough space between these characters, and maybe keep a couple of the people around, like Gal Gadot or Jason Momoa. Um, and I was I was not really caring about this, and I was one of the people on record of saying, I think I said it on our podcast, and I'll admit, I did not think this even existed or the concept was even a reality. And I think we'll talk about more what, what this means, but I'd like, I'll share my ratings. Man of Steel is a six out of six. And I'm on the record of saying it's a top 10 superhero movie of all time. Man of Steel is, in my opinion, one of the best DC movies ever made. And what Zack Snyder did with that, I caught that vision. I got it. I thought every choice he made in that movie was ballsy and I appreciated the choices. Yes, Superman killing at the end of it was spoiler alert, was a dramatic choice, but I loved that. I thought Batman v Superman was a botched attempt, but all the Man of Steel stuff was great, and Affleck was good as Batman. I just thought Snyder just didn't really land land it. 
Um, but I loved the concept. And again, a ballsy choice. I respect that about it. And then Justice League falls so flat that um, it's just heartbreaking because then we've seen, obviously, Aquaman since that, Shazam, Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman was before that. But, I mean, we've seen these products, and they were really, really good, at least in comparison to Justice League. And so I'd give Justice League probably a 2 out of 6, maybe a 3 out of 6 on a good day. Um, So redoing this, in my opinion isn't a problem either, I guess is what I'd say. I just didn't think feasibly that Warner Brothers would go back and go, we're going to pour more investment into it. What was your rating of the of those films before this, Mark? Man of Steel, 6 out of 6. Couldn't agree with you more. Probably top five superhero movies for me. Um, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, uh, probably 4.5. I kind of, like, initially was like, okay, yeah, it's going to be like a Dark Knight Returns-esque type of movie, just how they're how they showed it in the trailer um, fell flat in some points, but it was, you know, it's like a Captain Marvel movie. They're kind of making it the, the linchpin between a bigger movie um, and like, you know, teasing what can be. And then justice league at 2.5. I just, it was, it fell way short of expectations. I mean, people I know listen to Kevin Smith's podcast. He's like, this movie's going to make $2 billion. And I think it made a billion maybe. No, it didn't. Okay, well, there you go. Um, and what plagued it is, you know, the continual reshoots that we got. And then the story that fell or followed it was, or the storyline that was with it is, you know, Henry Cavill was filming Mission Impossible and had facial hair. So, and they wouldn't allow him to shave for these reshoots. So they had to digitally remove stuff. And it's like they were rushed. So, because in the first scene is Superman, like, you know, talking like on a... right. Like, someone's recording them on a cell phone. It's just, it's so bad. And you think for how much money they poured into it, they would do a better job. Especially for the level movie. And I feel like it was rushed. It's like, I don't think we needed a Justice League movie. I mean, maybe you could have just had a Batman v Superman movie and not called it Donna Justice. And maybe called this one Donna Justice so we didn't get, like, a inclination that a Justice League... Like, this is actually a Justice League. Give us a Justice League movie once they actually form and have the Hall of Justice. Yeah, it definitely left more for, for people. And now we fast forward to this time. And you can read the article. We'll post it in the show notes. But it basically talks back to November of last year, of, of two years ago, excuse me, when this movie was released and Snyder being told by his agent that this was definitely a real possibility and that it was something they wanted to do. And then obviously we had the release of the Snyder Cut, which originated in Reddit, made its way into Twitter. What, what does it and... say about this, this Snyder Cut, especially now, when the the whole cast is willing to get back together? So there must have been a vision that they had pre it being released, that they, what they thought the movie was going to be, and the potential it had. And then what Warner Brothers gave us was way below probably with their expectations. So I think that speaks volumes that they're like the whole cast is willing. Ben Affleck was like, ah, no, I'm not gonna be Batman anymore, and all of a sudden he's like willing to do reshoots. There's no so. guarantee that any of the cast is coming back. I know you posted an article earlier today saying they would for the twenty to thirty million, but we also have to understand that mo- that money can go quick. Yeah, in reshoots, and so what the twenty to thirty million says to me, and again, I'm not, I don't know the numbers, maybe as much as you maybe could know the numbers, to be honest, Mark. But what it says to me in my interpretation of it is this is for VFX and editing. And right now, coronavirus is happening. 
So you're able to pay certain people. And this is an investment, a true investment of HBO Max and getting people engaged in the platform. Is this a Warner Brothers decision or is this an AT&T decision? Like has, Warner, has AT&T bought Warner Brothers yet? Has that has that happened? That I don't know. You could probably look that up. Um, I'm not sure even about that. I, I know, I guess for me, I would either or. I think Warner Brothers would have made this choice too. And maybe I'm just, maybe I'm trying just to be optimistic in that assessment of this, but Snyder's daughter obviously passes away autumn and um i thought it was his son says, struck it's an article it says but tragedy stuck struck the snyders when their daughter autumn died okay. by suicide yeah you can t- call a hollywood reporter i don't know if they're wrong or not i could be wrong on that um but uh yeah so but but she passes away he steps off the product and and snyder's been known to to have lots and lots of cuts and shots and things. It dates back to Watchmen because they had another Watchmen release after the original came out, which you and I both love those. Mo- that, the, that which movie. makes me think, like, um, do, do the people who like control like what finally gets released are like, you know what, Zach, this is just too dark. This isn't what people will want. This is the right way to do things. And, and it just makes me think, like, are people second guessing his work, or is it just like, hey? We like you know, it's people who are executives. They're like, no, we know how to sell and make movies, so we need to cut this down, make it two and a half hours, and take away all these other things and just put this out. Because I mean, Watchmen's another movie where people are like, they either hate it or love it. I mean, it's not as bad as Don and Just or Justice League. But. I think Watchmen also inspired the HBO Watchmen too, and um, which you and I have obviously raved about. I I think I, I truly truly think. This is a play for the platform of HBO Max. And I'll tell you what, Mark, they got me day one now with this. I have HBO Now, which is, you know, I use it mostly for Westworld and a couple movies, but I'm all in on this. And I guess another question I'd have for you, Mark, is do you, would you prefer they go a four hour full length feature movie and literally go as far as they do can? Do you to ask the other thing? Yes. Give me, give or a me six or a six episodes. Oh, I see. Okay, I was I was thinking you're gonna give me more of like a three hour cut. Man, I don't know. Like treat it like a mini series versus uh, a whole feature length film. So, in the six episodes, are we getting an hour long episode? I don't know, but here's why I would ask this. It's probably it's probably more like forty five is what I would say forty five fifty. But the reason I ask this is there will not be a finality a, a finale feeling to this after this is done, in my opinion. The numbers are going to have to be astronomical because Batman Dawn of Justice only made $873 million. Justice League didn't hit a billion. I, I mean, it, it's... I, I think this is the end of what that Justice League looks like. Now, there's hope in that for some people because obviously we've talked about this, but Darkseid was supposed to be the plan for Snyder. They were supposed to... It was. Darkseid they, be prominent. They had. They. And he will be in this. They had an actor right? who, who filmed. What? Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Darkseid is in this movie. There's no question. Darkseid will be in this cut, right? Darkseid's going to be in this cut. So, my question then is, how is he going to wrap this up without leaving some form of a cliffhanger, to where the Justice League has to, has to go fight him? Oh no! How you wrap this up? Whoever's who's ever going to be your Green Lantern, you have him be at the end of this series or movie. So then, because they're making a Green Lantern show, so that's how you 
That's how you connect it. That's a good point. So, but I guess my question to you is, is there any chance this Justice League keeps going? Because all the before what was happening was we were saying there's no way this keeps going. This is how it keeps going. Let's say they do it. They put something great together. And how it keeps going is if the fans and the viewers fall in love with it. If they... If they're like, oh, we got the Snyder Cut and this is great and Warner Brothers, AT&T can... I, I did look it up. Warner Brothers did buy... Or AT&T did buy Warner Brothers. Um, or acquired. However you and, want. That would, and that would make sense. That would and it was like two sense. years ago in 2018. So it just makes me think, like, are there higher ups? Like, hey, you know what? The people are talking. So, like, let's just... I mean, how much money is it going to take? And then we put on HBO Max. So it's, like, exclusively there. So if you want to see this, you have to get it. It's just a, you know, it's a commodity thing. They're just... They're going to they're gonna get people to get this just for this movie or series but yes if it's super popular just like any movie or series know what they're going to do they're going to pour more money into it and make more content that's what's going to happen and if it sucks and and people give it better reviews then that'll be it but i don't think they're going to keep it going mark i i think that's way too optimistic so, to look but at this. like why would you invest so much money then if you're if you're going to invest millions of tens maybe hundreds of millions of dollars into like doing a snyder cut like ex expanding on the snyder cut isn't your hope to either make your money back or make future money? It's it's to make it back on HBO Max. It's to make it back on HBO. So Max. then it's a it's, short term goal for it's them. Not it's not to serve the audience long term. This is throwing the audience a bone so the audience cashes in their twenty dollars a month for HBO Max, and then half of those people forget that they did it, and then give them another month, and either they stay or they don't or they go. And it's also timing, Mark. Like coronavirus has put many projects on halt and they can't meet if what's said is true that Snyder just needs to meet with minimal people and he does have many shots on hard drives which apparently he's in this article you can read he's had people over to his house to talk about cuts that he's had with raw footage and if this is true then yeah the work is basically editing sound and I'm sorry about that my computer's making noise but if that is the reality of this then yeah, 20 to 30 million really isn't that much to invest. But I just don't see how Aflac is all of a sudden just going to be like, I'm all in because these HBO numbers are good. Obviously, Ray Fisher and Momoa aren't doing anything, in my opinion, probably. I think Gal Gadot is probably famous enough that she could make some... She, but but even this, Mark, here's another thing. I've, I've, I heard this on, on another podcast that I thought was an interesting take. What if this turns into a Justice League series? What if they keep it exclusively on HBO? I'm fine with that. You know I am. You know how I am about superhero comic book content. I don't care how I'm getting it. At least I, I just want. Well, and that it. might be a cheaper solution. Maybe is what I'm trying to say. Oh, maybe it's and that the might future be a way solution. for you to solve this equation. You, it does so well, and you convince the actors. You say, "Look, you're going to have to take a pay cut, but you get to finish this story that we wanted to do." And in this tough time of coronavirus. You're getting a job. And for Affleck, that doesn't maybe mean much. but And you could maybe recast him and Godot. But like Ray Fisher, what's that guy going to do? Ezra Miller, he he like, we don't even know what WB is going to do about him or, or the gal that plays Mara yet. So, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I I think that's there's opportunities here on HBO Max. The time for doing this team in a film probably is gone. I don't think it's there anymore. Um, otherwise, this thing's going to have to break records, Mark. Don't give me that hope. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think it has to. Do you think – so the percentage chance that Darkseid's in it, what do you, what would you say? Percentage 100%. chance that he's in this. It's 100%. Yeah, if, if, they have a, if, they, if they filmed him, 
doing a scene. I mean, why would you not put that in there? That's what I mean. What about Green Lantern? What's the percentage that Green Lantern's See, in? See that I, Kevin Smith said Kevin Smith said he would be in it. Yes. So that that's what I'm saying. Like, give me give me Green Lantern. Like, like, give me whoever you're gonna play Green Lantern in the sh- the series, and then just that's how you tie in the series into the whole thing. Give me Martian Manhunter. Give me. I was gonna say, is Martian Manhunter in this now? Well, they say he is. It's the it's the Colonel in the right. That, that's who they say it is, and they've confirmed that now. So, or the actor has. So, yeah. But do they shape shift him into of course you Martian do. Manhunter? If, is my question. Even if it's for a second, you do it. Because that's how you do it. You tease everyone with what could have been. And then when people demand more, they're going to be like, all right, guys, let's make a... Maybe that's that's what their plan is. Or maybe a plan. Do this four-hour cut. Put it out there. Get feelers. If people want more stuff, we make a limited series. And then you do an extension with Darkseid. You make it five episodes, maybe eight episodes. And you just play with that. And then boom. This, and then, then I, you just I, end I, it there, and like yeah. that's it. Like this is just a limited series. We're just doing this because people wanted it, and we know we can make money off of it. And then, I boom. agree. I think this needs to be a series. I, I don't think it needs to be a movie. I think they need to do the ending of this, leave it on a cliffhanger, make the people beg for three more episodes, whatever that is, cut the budget in regards to special effects. Well, it just makes me think like how much did it cost. Or what was the price of like um, like lot like that'd be my comparison. Like, how much did Lost in Space on Netflix cost? How much did, uh, like Daredevil cost or Luke Cage? Like, how much did those shows cost to do? So it's like I feel like you could probably get good graphics and get a good series out there, and not spend a you know what a movie would cost in budget. See, Daredevil's tricky because that a lot of that can be shot in in a in a city. I, I don't know if that's the fair comparison here. Um, but I think lost in space is a great comparison. Uh, as I'm looking up the budget here at the top of my head, but I, I think you might be onto something here, Mark. I mean, like I, I, I think the more we talk about this, the more I feel this is going to be their This is going to be their chance to make this a series. And, Big time actors do HBO shows all the time. I I think the more we talk about this, the more likely that this will be a very big series that they're going to rally around. Can can do you think Snyder's going to land it though, Mark? I don't think he's going to land it. That's the problem in all of this. I think he, I just he's, don't think he's, he's under so much pressure too at this point. I mean, he's been selling a, you know that hey, my cuts can be way better. So and maybe just like you with Princess Bride, were being you. I mean, you were you were hyped up on the whole movie the whole time. So like, are are is everyone gonna expect this high? Have high expectations for this, and it's gonna fall short, even though it might be a really good movie and even a better movie than the, what we got originally. I don't know. We'll just have to wait until we get yeah, it. Yeah, I just I don't know. We'll see it. I will say the Snyder Cut people, and I, I didn't realize you were that much of a Snyder Cut person. Is those people they're they're getting what they want, and it'll be interesting. So it will be fascinating to see. Let's move on to our next topic. Uh, you and I have been paying very close attention to this, and I've, we've reviewed it a couple times on Hot and Snot, but wanted to give this a lead opportunity in nerd news. The Last Dance episodes nine and ten uh, debuted last Sunday. Um, obviously talking talking about the six-time championship-winning Chicago Bulls led by Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen 
and Steve Kerr and Dennis Rodman. Um, it ended as a series overall and wanted to kind of give time to share some reflections and thoughts on it while also uh, maybe giving a really hardcore review of what this, this show was at the end of it. So, Mark, I'll start with you. What was your rating and final feelings of The Last Dance? A six out of six. I loved it. I gave it all my attention the first night. Uh, what would that be? Six weeks ago, just because I'm, I'm a bigger basketball fan than people, you know, that I lead on. I really enjoyed '90s basketball, early thousands. That was right when I was, you know, a child and getting into my teens and high school age. So I was, I was all in a basketball. I mean, at one point I hoped I was going to be seven feet tall and be an NBA player, but you know, fell about thirteen inches short of that. So. Um, hey, hey, you're still great. <laughs> Don't beat yourself it's, up. It's all right. That. It's all right. Genetics. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I it it was so good that every Sunday night I would block off the last two hours to watch it. Um, so I was all in, and I really loved how I don't like letting the story and what they said be so candid and not censored, like the whole letting Jordan swear and other people swear. It's just like, it just felt raw and real. And I think that maybe gave it more attitude and more of a flair that just kind of just made it that much better. Even on ESPN, who's, you know, what they're technically owned by Disney. So it's, you know, Disney's technically allowing F-bombs being dropped on live TV. So let that sink in. Um, and just like the story that, like the, the soap opera that is Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls of the 90s just i know they the way they told it and gave you know definitely a focus on michael jordan but then dove into you know how he got there how rodman got there how phil jackson got there how um steve kerr steve yeah even steve kerr um tony kukoc and even the surrounding like uh, opponents like how they got to their position and did a little dive on all of them and even his baseball career, Michael Jordan, you know, taking the, you know, he wanted to go play baseball, you know, the rumor that, I mean, he uh, axes is the whole gambling thing, which who knows? We'll never, we'll never know. And the fact that they got what, two presidents to talk on Michael Jordan was pretty spectacular. That was underrated, right? Like that's the first, basically first episode. And, and Kobe Bryant. They, I mean, that episode where he, where we first see him talk is just like, it's like an emotional like hit to your chest if especially someone uh, who you know who might be all in on basketball and you know enjoyed watching and grew, growing up with someone like I mean I didn't grow technically up with Jordan I had a few years but I grew up watching Kobe Bryant so you know hearing Kobe Bryant say you don't get me without MJ exactly. and basically you've never heard him bow down to MJ like that before and this documentary essentially that was Kobe's last word. Those are his last words in this, in this documentary yeah. is, is you don't get him without me. You don't get me without him. Yep. And Jason Hare, I, I want to highlight Jason Hare. I, I hope I'm saying his, his last name correct. Um, If you're, if you're a fan of this series, you can YouTube him and just look up. He has a ton of interviews. He does after every episode where he talks about the making of this show. And I wouldn't even be surprised if a small documentary is made about the making of this documentary, given everything that's happened, just because um, this, the story of like the two year process that it took to gather all the information, 
process all the film. The story even on the film itself is is incredible. How Dave, who, uh, at the time, Adam Silver, who's the now NBA commissioner, who was head of NBA film at the time, had the foresight to go, this is probably Jordan's last year. We need to record everything. And made an agreement with Jordan that we won't put anything out that you don't like and you can... You can't choose anything. We, we won't put anything, obviously, we don't like out, obviously. So that mutual understanding, and then Jordan always had control, air quotes. Yep. But Jason Hare, who had a monstrous task um, of, in my opinion, the biggest sports icon of my lifetime. Um, Our lifetime. He had to – yeah, well, I'm just speaking for myself. You, you maybe would disagree. Um, I, I was I, – I just – he had a monumental task, and – he in these interviews he said very candid about MJ didn't do anything. He sent a couple show notes of like, hey, this is what I was thinking at this time. Or he would give. Jason actually found out that there was more detail that Jason that that Michael Jordan would provide um, from these show notes than than holding it back. Now he could be BSing. I don't know. Um, and maybe there's stuff, especially with the gambling thing. But I I I would echo everything you're saying. I think. Um, I thought MJ actually attacked the really hard stuff really well. I, I love how he talks about this is how I did it. It might not be the best way to do it, but it's the way that I chose, and it got us six rings. I like how he talked about gambling. I liked how he talked about Republicans buy sneakers too. Um, that was a very trivial moment. He was just and, so candid. I think that, that's why I give it such a high rating. It's just like I, I feel like he's being super genuine. and Agreed. I would give this a six out of six as well. I mean, as genuine as maybe one could be in his stature, but I'm just saying it was. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go on. No, you're good. I, I, I would I, I think that's you're, you're nailing something that is getting lost on a lot of people with this is it's very raw and emotional and real. And even just like you, if you go watch these doc, these interviews with Jason, they're great. He talks about going to see Phil Jackson and Phil Jackson didn't know he was coming. And to get to Phil Jackson's house, you actually have to go past another house. And so he knocked on the previous guy's house. And that guy was like, oh, you're looking for Phil. Phil's back there. And then you get to this immaculate Montana house um, in Hodunk, Montana. And he gets there. And uh, Phil Jackson's daughter, who set up the meeting, had to basically tell him, no, you're here to get interviewed for this, Dad. You signed up for this. He's like, oh, okay. So it's like little things like that. I, I think those are great. But this documentary is wild. This is a six out of six. If the Oscars happen next year, um, th- this has to be in the running for documentary of the year, right? Like, oh, I, I don't see how this and, can and Max, be in it. What made it even better, and I want to know your thoughts, because I was like, they have to touch on it eventually. The whole Rodman, Hulk Hogan, WCW. So the beauty, the beauty behind this is that all happened, and I think that summer, if I'm remembering correctly, there is a there is a tag team match between Rodman and Hulk Hogan. Versus Karma Malone and and Damon Dallas Page, and I don't remember if it happened after that finals in '98 or it's the year before, but Karma Malone was all in on wrestling too. But he was just, you know, pr- more professional about you know, going to those events after basketball. Yeah, and so I didn't know that Rodman did that during the finals. Oh, I did, and I was waiting for them and to talk about. It. I was like, they got to talk about that. That was right. and he missed practice. That's a big deal. Yeah, I never – and that's the thing I loved about this documentary. And you nailed this too. Like we were just kind of kids when all this happened. So like for me, I, it was like literally till I was about eight or nine when all this started happening. And um, I, I just would never have known. And so the history and, – and I knew the big stuff, but I didn't know the context behind the big stuff. Um, but this was a big thing too, Mark. And I, 
I have gone on the record of saying this about the Chicago Bulls. They would not survive at the level they did in our day and age, period, for a couple different reasons. One, would they have played well? Yes, but I don't think they could have stayed together as a team and organization as well as they could have. Um, Talent-wise, I'm not refuting that. They're, they're obviously the best. What I, I'm saying is from an organizational perspective, from an organizational perspective, social media would have been damning for them. Oh, my gosh. Den- you're telling me Dennis <laughs> exactly. Rodman on social media would have been ki- crucified. I mean, like, he would have been raked through the coals day in and day out. Scottie Pippen not playing. I mean, the talking heads would, would have gone after him. MJ would have been built up. But, I mean, look at how they treat LeBron today. I yeah. mean, LeBron is criticized for everything, and the man's made it to nine straight finals. Um, is he better than Jordan? No, but is he still a top five NBA player? You better believe he is. And and I just think the Bulls would not have survived. And Jason and and Jerry Krause, Jerry Krause is just so lucky that they don't have more film of him. That, that just made me think of that with LeBron James. I would like to know how how much bigger or how much more of a public figure Michael Jordan would have been. In a social media age, I actually would argue he would have been less. Okay, because he was because because he was so res- he was more reserved. That's that's what I'm saying. Okay, so I guess that's the better question: Is he would he be bigger or less of a public figure? And social media leans left. Let's be frank. So Republicans buy, buy shoes too. He would have been done. That would have been the end. Um, especially in a city like Chicago, that's very blue. Gosh, can you imagine if LeBron um, James said that in this day and age? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. No, I can't. And. And and I think this this makes you even more appreciative of basketball players today. And just like Kevin Durant, and you can see parts of Jordan in everybody now. You see parts of Jordan in James Harden when he attacks the basket. You see parts of Jordan in um, Carl Anthony Towns, just thinking locally. Uh, you think and, and Anthony Davis and and just these big name players, Giannis. I mean. These guys are just incredible. I just the list can go on. This documentary is amazing. I'm recommending it to everybody. I had a great. My, my dad asked me today. He said, "Is this more sports or is this more character driven?" Oh, which I thought was a great question character. to ask. Character driven by oh, a yeah. mile. If you don't, if you, I think this is a perfect sports documentary to watch just for the basic sports fan. Or even somebody who's like, I don't really care, but I know about the Bulls because I watched Space Jam. Kelly was all in on it. My wife. I mean, so I mean, she's not the biggest sports fan, but she was hooked on it. I mean, it, just to your point, what your dad was asking, totally character driven. It's not a hundred. I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a sports documentary, but it's not. Gosh, I don't know the right way to say it, but like everyone plays a role. It's like a movie that's being explained in front of you. That that's what kind of maybe that's a bad way of explaining that, but that's what it kind of feels like. No, I, I, I would wholeheartedly agree. And I think this, this documentary is, I would already put it as one of the best sports documentaries ever. Time will tell. I think it's top three right now. Um, there's a couple other that come to mind, but th- I, I want to still wait and sit back on that, that conversation for later. I tip my hat to Jason Hare for the, for the task he had. Um, I would encourage anybody that's watched this, go watch his interviews about it. Um, great documentary, tons of famous people in this. Um, if you have kids, I know we have some family friendly people that listen to the show. If you have kids, I would encourage you to wait to watch this with kids or find an edited version. 
if you can. ESPN two had that edited. Yep, version. and I know ABC was airing the edited has has been airing the edited version. So just just be aware, Jordan's gonna drop the f bomb several times. He is drinking and smoking a cigar. This I just think this would be one of those documentaries. You'd be like, oh, I can show my eight year old this, and just be careful with that. And be careful. There's some. There are some pieces of subject matter. Like even the first episode, how he talks about the the team was doing cocaine and stuff like that. Like, there's just some subject matter that you want to be careful with, and um, it's 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 a dynamite show. It's a dynamite show. I would can't wait to watch it again with my kid in probably 10, 11 years. But um, yeah, this is great, and I highly recommend it. So let's go on to our next subject. The Tenet trailer dropped. Uh, probably the first. I I feel like this is the first major trailer to drop. In the coronavirus season, would you agree with that, Mark? I could agree with that. I can't. I was can't think of anything. Like I, I just don't even know. I can't even fathom. An, I'm sure there is, but I'm not thinking of it at the top of my head. But I just can't. I can't put it in my. I can't put it here for whatever reason. Um. Obviously, uh, this this movie is hoping to come out. Christopher Nolan directed it and wrote it. Um. Hoping to come out is right now. They're aiming for I believe July. It says coming soon, July seventeenth on IMDb. Realistically, that day is probably more like August or September. Yeah, the trailer I saw didn't have a date associated with it. It did not have a date on the yeah so. it didn't, on mine either. I'm just reading what IMDb has. Um, but I've also read articles, and I'll post this on the show notes, saying that Tenet really is going to drive what movies do for the rest of the year. Um, they're gonna watch. They're gonna watch this. How this movie does. In the sense of generating revenue, um, how many people go to it? Because theaters are probably only going to be opening at 25-50% capacity. And other movie studios are just going to watch is what is, is what I'm reading. Those are articles that I'm reading. So a couple people starring in this. John David Washington, son of Denzel Washington, gets the lead role in this. Robert Pattinson, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Elizabeth Debicki, uh, Kenneth Branagh, uh, obviously Michael Caine's in this, and there's just other <laughs> obviously, uh, obviously, um, <laughs> it's a Christopher Nolan movie, and this one is like very strange. The synopsis is very strange. I feel like this trailer finally gave us more to chew on, but uh, the synopsis it reads on IMDb is armed with only one word, tenant, and a f- and fighting for the survival of the entire world. The protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Directed by Christopher Nolan. You, we will have the, the trailer in the show notes. Mark, what is your rating of the new Tenet trailer? I'll probably give it a 5 out of 6. It kept me intrigued, but it also left me confused and wondering. Where it's just like... Uh, I really kind of, like my opinion, didn't really understand what was... A hundred percent going on. Just I went in dry. I didn't read the synopsis. I just watched the trailer, and yeah, that's what I got. It was like, is it time travel? Is it some power? They're f- trying to prevent World War Three. What's all going? Who are all these characters? It could have been complete BS to me, but I it would still still want to see it no matter what. It's a Christopher Nolan movie, and it's crazy and wild. So this one really got me thinking of Inception when I watched it. Um, oh, especially when they're like running up that wall. Maybe think of that. Yeah, and and even just like you're seeing them shoot, but the shots are coming back to them, and watching the car do the flip and then land perfectly and then drive away. Um, those are things occurring that, um, 
I don't fully understand yet. I don't think obviously anybody understands what's going on in this trailer, but it reminds me of Inception. I I got the same feeling and perspective in Inception. It, it, there's a Nolan style that's just different. Um, it's more gray and orange. Um, but it'll be intimate, but it also involves big crowds at the same time. So, you know, like seeing that shot, seeing the shot of them running through the crowd that's asleep, it just reminds me of The Dark Knight Rises, right? Like mm -hmm. you just see these very epic shots. And even at the end when they're talking, um, Den uh, Washington and Pattinson are talking, it just reminds me of Inception. And so I, I, I have been critical of Nolan's writing. I don't know if he's the best writer. His ideas are great. I'd love to see him put more people that are better writers in his room to help him tell these stories better. But in terms of shooting, already it's looking great. Um, and I'd, I'd give this a five out of six as well. I'm with you on this. I think I'm not fully sold. I would like a little more information. And maybe, obviously, Nolan's playing as close to the chest as he can about this. But... Um, I would like just a little more information, like even just like a, hey, this is this is exactly what we're doing, um, or even just a couple more breadcrumbs. But I, I this is the first major movie that's going to come out of the coronavirus time, and historically, this movie will, for whatever reason, good or bad, be the one we reference. Um, I I also Mark would uh, would say I don't like that they put the cuts of. He did Inception and the Dark Knight trilogy yeah. and Dunkirk. I hated that. I thought that was stupid, and we all know it. But it's just we all know that Nolan did those. But yeah, no, not everyone. That's why they put that stuff in there. That's why you cast certain actors and need to put stuff out there because some people don't know who Christopher Nolan is. And like honestly, but maybe they saw those movies. They're like, oh, I really love those movies. I got to go see that. I got to go see that Tenet. I would have preferred they did it a different way then, and I, maybe I'm I'm understanding what you're saying. Like the 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 typical mo movie goer may not know who that director is. I just thought it it didn't blend well with this trailer. I mean, that's why movies do like oh, from the producers of blah 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 and writers of blah blah. But it's like the same thing. It's because you may or you probably have seen those movies, but have no idea who those writers are. So it's yeah, you know, same thing with the director. So. Totally, and and I I don't know it. There's some really good Nolan trailers like that Dark Knight um, Nolan trailer where they first sh showcased Ledger's Joker. That's that's an iconic trailer to me. And I just think Tenet could maybe do that, especially in this coronavirus season. I'm surprised studios aren't leveraging that more. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I would think some people would be willing to take more risks and go, you know what? People want to leave the house right now. For Memorial Day weekend, who's to say they're not going to try to come to this movie? I don't know. And whether that's right or wrong, I don't want to argue. I'm just saying I'm surprised on a capitalistic perspective that more people aren't leaning into stuff like this. But I think it's going to be a great film. I, I will be there day one, and I'm assuming you'll be there as well. So we will definitely look to review that. Any other thoughts on Tenet before we go to our final story? Yeah, I was just looking at their Wikipedia page, and they haven't put – granted, it's, you know, it's an old movie, so everything's hush-hush. But has, they haven't given character names to a lot of people. Which makes me think there's probably going to be a ton of twists in this movie, and a bunch oh, of yeah. swerves and stuff. So, yeah, got to be excited for that. We will definitely have to uh, have to look out for spoilers on that one. <laughs> oh man, I didn't know this. That will be that will be a spoiler-driven movie. Did for you sure. say Aaron Taylor Johnson's in this movie? Because he is. I have him on IMDb. Yeah, there he is, Quicksilver himself. I almost went on a tangent about a Marvel movie. Um. 
Ruby Rose reportedly quits Batwoman because it was too much work. This comes from Vulture.com. In an unprecedented move for network television for all shows besides Lethal Weapon, it is announced earlier this week that Ruby Rose, the star of CW's newest Arrowverse series, Batwoman, was leaving after one season. Her role as the leathered-up superhero would be recast for season two. While Rose and the network expressed appreciation for each other upon the split, becoming public, a new line, TV, a new TV line report suggests that things behind the scenes were far from peachy. It wasn't 100% her decision, an industry source explained. It was a breakup. She wasn't happy working on the show, and did that, and, and did that make her f- fun to work with? No. So everyone decided it would be in the best interest of the show, and for all concerned if they parted ways. It just wasn't a good fit. Uh, the source also insisted that Ruse's, ro- Ruse's, Rose's severe, Ruse's. On- Rose's severe onset injury... <laughs> That part is a little funnier in in the Princess Bride, as it as as you say it. That's the part that my wife like talks about all the time too. Th- that's the part she references in that movie, the marriage part. Yeah, that's just I want to put that out there for those that I did say it wasn't that funny, but that part is kind of funny. Um, just wanted to peel back the Iron Curtain team. for everybody right there. Yep, there you go. Uh, Rose's severe onset injury from 2019 wasn't the departure catalyst. She underwent emergency surgery after herniating two discs from a stunt. Yuck but rather because she was distressed by the long hours demanded of a lead television role and in like living in Vancouver it was set it, batwoman was set to produce 22 episodes before the coronavirus epidemic forced the show to a halt at 20 um mark uh what are your thoughts of this and rate this news go <laughs> i rate this news uh i guess a 3 out of 3 or a 3 out of 6 i mean 3 out of 3 you <laughs> just cut your rating in half and we want to give half it a, a 6 um, I don't know. Like, yeah, like the sources I heard or stuff I heard, it's like, oh, it was too grueling. Didn't want to do it. The other one, they, I mean, I didn't hear that part where it's like she got hurt a few times. And that's why she doesn't want to do it. But apparently that's not the reason. Um, but it just makes me think like, what about you got the Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. It had Arrow, uh, Black Lightning. Those people, there's leads in all those who do the same schedule and have done it for multiple seasons. And they're diverse. And they didn't leave. They haven't left. So that makes me think, like, is she, like, maybe she's just not cut out for this. Maybe she really doesn't like living in Vancouver. I truly don't think it's as simple as I don't like the long work hours. I think it's probably, like, you, like you're, maybe you're going on this, a combination of everything. It's just, yes, just a, a, I think a, it's a enough combination. stuff happened where you're like, you know what? I don't want to go through another season where I'm getting beat up. Maybe not paid as what I... Th- as much as I think I have to living in Vancouver, which for me, I would love, I love Vancouver. Maybe she's, that's not what she's up. Maybe she's like, I want to live in Southern California and do it there. Yeah. And, and truthfully, truthfully, we don't know what happens in her personal life. And that's the other thing. She came into a season where she had the do crossover. So yeah, she probably did do a lot more episodes than what she was originally planning to, but I'm assuming that would have been in her contract to like, Hey, this is what you're going to do. And she'd have to work around other schedules. Normally a lot of like, I would assume for the flash, those guys or or those lead roles or even like Arrow with Stephen Amell, I would assume they kind of work around him. Um, they do their best to work around everybody, but obviously at the end of the day, the big guns are the people you got to work around. Did you listen to the Michael Rosenbaum uh, podcast when he had Stephen Amell on? Oh, I haven't. No, yeah, go no. to that one. It doesn't sound like they do work around him. It sounds like you're on the schedule. You got to be here at these times, and just if you're the lead, you're basically there from dusk till dawn. Oh, so okay, I will check that out. I love that podcast. No, I, I this show's terrible. 
Let me start there. Really? Batwoman's a one out of six. Batwoman's terrible. It's a one out of six. I would give... It was a slow start for me, but I would, I would give the first season... I'd give it a three out of three. I think it has potential, but... You know what? The, three out of three or three out of six. I, did I say three out of three again? <laughs> you did, yeah. but it's fine. Um, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> a three out of six. Um, I, I think it, it had potential, but then at the same time, it's like, you know what? I mean, I like. I thought it was bold that they, or maybe not bold, but I liked that they picked Ruby Rose to play Batwoman, and I, I thought she did a no right job. But maybe she's just not experienced enough. Maybe if we had more experienced actress in this role, might get it. You know, might feel a little bit different about the show. I would say that the character itself isn't the problem. I w- or the actress either. I don't think Ruby Rose or Batwoman is the problem. This show just sucked. I'll just put it out there plainly. The writing's terrible. The story was boring. Um, it's not a character that I, that I cared for. They didn't give me a reason to care for her. I know her story in the comics. She, she has a role. She has roles in those, in those DC comic uh, cartoon movies we were talking about last week. She's in, she's in those. I loved her in those. I thought her origin stories in those were great and very fleshed out. I can't stand this show. And I, and, and even with the crossover, when you and I talked about it earlier this year, um, she was the most dull part of that. To, when when she went to see Bruce Wayne in that with um with Kevin Conroy being in that I I was way more intrigued with everything going on around her than her and that's indicative of the story but I think that's that's both the actress and the character and I think I think you got to lean more into like yeah it's how the actor is gonna portray the character and if they're not giving maybe more light to what's being written down for them or not bringing it to their level or a higher level to make it better if it's bad writing then it yeah then that's just a you know it's just set up to be a failure in in the in that eye in those and eyes. maybe why i would defend ruby rose a, real, a little more is i dropped off the flash after season two and i dropped out of supergirl after season one and i tried to get into arrow and i just couldn't stand it after two seasons and I, these shows continually pander to the um, teenage audience. That's what I'll say. I think these are shows specifically for teenage audience. I do. I, I believe dis- that. I 100% I believe that disagree CW with you. is aimed at them. I think, well, I 100% disagree with you. I think these shows are written for teenagers. Have you seen Riverdale? That That's written for teenagers. I have not. I have not. So it's on the same wa- network, go watch though, that, ironically. And then you watch so, Supergirl season three. Because you say because you're comparing season one of Supergirl is, is, is a CBS show. It's not a CW show. So then you're I just feel like your point's valid. And you're part oh, of the Alliance. Yeah, Trader. and that's that's a fair rebuttal on, on Supergirl. But in terms of Flash, it got it got old and boring. It was the same story over and over. In terms of Arrow, Stephen Amell just is kind of clunky in some of his acting things. I know he's obviously the It's funny you say that universe. and then you hold Smallville so, at such high regard. Which is more of a teenage. A, Smallville is nostalgic. Smallville is nostalgic, and I liked it when I was a teenager. Those are two different things. Those shows don't suck. You just got old. <laughs> yes, maybe. But I think just like it's the genre. It's not my thing. I just don't like it. And cool that other people like it, but her being gone isn't a big deal. Oh yeah, this no. isn't even a big. This isn't even a big. Story it would be different like, if I've it was the some... Arrow season five and Stephen Amell's like, I want to be done. Then people yes. would care because that, like Stephen Amell, made that show so much better. It's it's him. This was this was CW trying to diverse diversify. 
they were trying to have a a open homosexual character be a lead role and ruby rose appeared to have the chops and she just couldn't do it and you know what there might be stuff behind the scenes um there might be stuff just personally in her life maybe stuff with family we just don't know and we've heard nothing direct from her it's either been from execs or people in her camp yeah man you don't know it's part of this thing is just to get people like us talking about it and then frame one of them good or bad so no i i I don't i I know you're way more invested in those shows than i am and but that would be just my lens that i look through this i don't think it's as big of a deal as 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 i've read some people be like i can't believe that during coronavirus you'd quit i'm like well you don't really know sometimes your mental health is more important than the physical work you're doing which it i 100 percent agree with that so it's fine and so just like maybe that's the perspective she's taking here i don't know so I don't I don't have enough, and I agree with you. We could just be hearing what the execs want us to hear here. Um, let's get into Hot or Snot, where we talk about the things in pop culture that are relevant to us today, this week, or last coming weeks. Um, we obviously talked about our rating system already. Have, are we spoiling anything major today? We haven't even spoiled anything. Do I have to put that spoiler bumper out there? I don't think so. I think I'm good on my end with Hot or Snot. Do you have anything you're spoiling today? All right. You want? I have a really long list, so I think I'm going to go first. Um, for snot. And again, I'm attacking CW today. This is my CW campaign to end this network. Okay. Um, all American. I watched two episodes of this with my wife. This show is so bad that I can't physically stand it. I work with, I work in a nonprofit with, with high schoolers. And these kids are watching this show. This is their favorite show right now. With a lot of yeah, I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you right there. And you say, I'm just telling you. I'm just gonna stop you right there after your 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 DC CW show is now saying this off All American. You've gotten too old, Max. You can't relate to the young people anymore. (laughs) And you're you're turning to the old man, like I don't understand why kids love this stuff. (laughs) Oh, I I totally am. I have transitioned into Isaac Edland. That's who I am now. I'm old man Isaac. Yeah, but at least you know these actors that are somewhat checked in and seen more than four Keanu Reeves movies. That's true. I have a knowledge of them. I just don't care for the product they put out. Um, All-American, I'm not even going di- to... But, but you want it to end. I want... I want you're, you're, I, uh, <laughs> normally, I just wouldn't even put it on my list, and I just wouldn't talk about it because my wife likes it. But this show is so bad. Um... It, it is based on a true story, so I'll, I'll give credit. It's about a I, football on, player. Are you just upset that they haven't told your true story football program in high school? <laughs> is it that? I get it. I get it Can now. I do my list? I said I have a long list. Yeah, and I, I have list? opinions about your bad opinions. <laughs> you know how this game goes. Uh, <laughs> All-American is a two out of six. I'll give it a two simply because uh, it's telling a perspective. Uh, I like that it's telling... Uh, a story of from the perspective of a person of color. That's about all that it's got going for it, in my opinion. Wow. Other than that, it's hot garbage, and it's it's not good, in my opinion. Um, I read Deadpool versus Old Man Logan. I've had this bad boy on my shelf. I am giving this a three out of six, which I would constitute as a snot. I had high hopes for this one. It's not the worst comic I've ever read, but fell flat to me. Um, I know Jarrett re- has read this and really likes it, but... Um, I just, for whatever reason, did not get but behind not this as much as I thought it you. was. What? He's not here to fight you. He isn't. He can call me up and fight me if he'd like. I I love the old man Logan storyline and the movie Logan, obviously. This just didn't work for me as much. And uh, Deadpool was great in it. It really kind of was more on the Logan side. 
it felt like they were centered more on Deadpool in this, and I wanted it to kind of be evened out. Uh, three out of six. It's not the like the worst comic I've ever read. I, I'm I'm glad I own it, but um, definitely I I was I would say I was disappointed. I had higher hopes on that one. I I really got um, Princess Brided with that one. I think. Um, let's uh, let's go into what my hot is. Ride of a Lifetime, the Bob Iger auto- autobiography. I give this bad boy a five out of six. I've been reading this one. I'm about 150 pages in. Man, this book is just dynamite. I love this book. Um, The only reason I'm giving it a five out of six from the perspective I'm at right now is because I wanted more in that first chapter of his childhood. He kind of glanced over it. It makes me think there's more to that that he just doesn't want to talk about. But he's pretty open otherwise. It's interesting to hear his stories. He has one really powerful story that I'll share that – really kind of backs up a lot of what he does and he he really says at the beginning of the book he's like I really believe in inclusion and making the workplace a safe place and then he talks about this story about when he was early on in the food chain at ABC he came to work one day asked if and it was asking a question of somebody and they pulled their genitalia out and said what do you think and he got sexually harassed at work and um has basically said from that point on I was choosing not to be that guy and uh you can see it just in his leadership style. He shares the successes and failures. Um, his Marvel stuff's great. Um, I'll challenge you to go either read a, read an article about it or go read the book itself. I don't need to maybe explain that stuff to you. It's all out there. Um, but this is a great book. Um, if you work with leadership or you're big on reading those kinds of books, I would recommend this book. I also love that this book at the end puts all of his best quotes at on the end, like one whole chapter. Some books, it's like you want to highlight some stuff and then go back and find it later. He puts it all at the end because he knows it, and I love that. And I love that he had the foresight on that. So cool stuff, really incredible background. And we've talked about some stories actually from his book that have debuted in in articles on the show. I uh, watched the show. I'm going to kind of work backwards here. I watched the show Upload um, on um, Amazon. Uh, Have you watched the show, Mark? I have not, but it's on the list. It it stars your boy Stephen Amell's brother, Robbie. Robbie Amell, yeah. So he plays a very handsome character. Uh, they actually like reference that as him as him throughout the whole show. Um, it's written and directed by. I want to get this name right. Crud. That difficult that name. It is. Oh, here we go. Greg Daniels. Oh wow, that's it's a written and directed really by Greg name. Daniels. I, I get... Greg Daniels. Well, I just I just didn't remember the name. I wanted to make sure Your I got old the name mind right. Is... You know what? tricking you again <laughs> take another take another sip of your soda um so greg daniels who has been at pepsi and uh can I, sailor can I, can I talk can, can i talk can you you're already talking may i you may um greg daniels who has been in a lot of major comedies the uh he's been part of parks and rec the good place a lot of big big comedies that we like this is an 11 episodes season one um stars robbie amell andy allo and zainab Zen- johnson this show is 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 a good show. I had some issues with it, but I give it a four out of six. Um, if you have kids or are very um, against high sexual situations, this one is not the one for you. Um, it is funny, and it talks about some incredibly interesting things. The premise is it's about this guy who the first episode – he basically is about to die, and he gets the choice to either go have surgery to fix his lungs or get uploaded into a database where he can spend the rest of his existence in this database. And he can talk to friends and family still um, using using apps and things like that, and they play off jokes like that. 
and his girlfriend is very wealthy, so she elects to get him into the into the upload system. And it's kind of a spoiler to say this, but it kicks off, I think, the whole show. She basically forces him to go get uploaded. And it talks about the consequences of that choice. Um, and he does live in kind of a, I would say, a heaven-like area. But with it comes consequences, and some people get certain things. It kind of talks about that. And uh, it, it's a good show. I give it a four out of six. But it, it definitely... I think the sexual stuff was too much here. Um, I, some shows, I understand the choice. With this one, it kind of felt a little forced. Um, I love the relationship between Robbie Amell and Andy Allo in this. They're great. Um, his really good friend in it, he has a good friend who got his legs blown off in war and then was passing away from a war injury, so the United States paid for him to go into upload. It was like some port program. And so uh, I like his – he's played by Kevin Bigley. His name's Luke. He's hilarious in this. He's he kind of is one of the the uh, scene stealers in this. Um, couple things I they have a twelve year old who's supposed to be eighteen. He fell off the Grand Canyon, and his parents saved him. But he's been in upload for six years, so he's an eighteen year old in a twelve year old's body. And there's just funny stuff they play with that. So they, they anything that you can think of in terms of uh, digital jokes they make. Um, they have a really interesting uh, interesting thing that I think you would like with this. Mark is. They talk about consent sexually with this, um, and they actually have this uh, camera that they attach before they have sex that both of them say, I consent. So I was like, ooh, that's interesting. I wonder if that's the future of of uh, Tinder and things like that. It was just a very interesting take, and I was like, that does not seem far from reality. So a lot of crazy stuff with this one, but um, this is a humor 30-minute show. Um, if you're, if you're single or you and your wife or significant other, don't mind the swearing and the sexual stuff. I would suggest checking out if you have kids, do not put this on in front of them. This is not the show to watch. Um, then the other show I watched on FX from, you can watch this on Hulu, but it comes from FX is devs and devs is this show. Mark is, um, I, I have, I, I binged this show the last 24 hours and this comes from Alex Garland Stars uh, Sonoya Mizuno, uh, Nick Offerman, and Jin Ha. And uh, so many people know Nick, Nick Offerman is Ron, is Ron um, Swanson. And he plays kind of a uh, corporate leader named Forrest uh, for this company um, called Amaya. And it's about this girl named uh, Lily who has a boyfriend. And her boyfriend gets into this program called Devs. Is this set in the future? Or is it present or past? I would say present. Yes, I would say present. Um, I would uh, for upload. Upload is set in the future. I would imagine. There's a lot of like future stuff in that, but this one is more set in the. Actually, these two have a lot of similarities. I didn't realize how similar they were after until after I watched both seasons. Um, I'll leave that at that. Um, but uh, this show is one of the most beautifully shot TV shows I've ever seen. Um, Alex Garland totally, um, this, this one is mind blowing. Um, I have a very hard time putting my head around this show. Truthfully. Um, there are things that this show talks about that are sometimes over my head, to be frank. Um, this show talks about ethics. It talks about, um, digital, digital ethics in particular, it talks about decision making. It talks about religion. It talks about um, free will versus determinism. 
Um, and uh, this show is if you are a philosophy or um, into theological discussion in depth and processing these kinds of things, I highly recommend this show. Um, I will I will warn people that this show does not have a happy-go-lucky vibe throughout it. I won't spoil the ending for it. I'm not saying anything about the ending. I'm saying just in general, sometimes in these shows, they're grim. I would say in this one, it feels extra grim. Um, it feels like Breaking Bad without the payoffs. Maybe that's how I'd put it. Um, and this one, it, it's it's about... A, so the girl's a computer engineer, and... Uh, Devs is just this 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 secret division that her boyfriend goes to work for. Um, he goes works a day there. He comes back and then disappears for a day and then kills himself. And um, she's just kind of unraveling what led to this choice for him, why he would do this. And Nick Offerman is is uh, the boss for us in this. Nick Offerman is this is the best acting Nick Offerman's ever done. I haven't seen him in in a ton of things. But in what I've seen him in, this is by far the best thing he's done. Um, ballsy storytelling, in incredibly intelligent, well-written. This is what we're talking about with good, well-written shows. This is it. Uh, I would highly recommend this. I still give it a 5 out of 6, though, simply because of the message that it's sending. And I'll leave it at that. You can go watch it and understand maybe more what I would say from that. Um, I've been playing Super Smash Bros. World of Light on the Switch. I give that a 6 out of 6. Don't need to go through that much more. I read The Last Night on Earth, a Batman run that came out a couple of years, uh, I think last year it came out. Five out of six, this is great. I highly recommend go read that. And then I want to promo my buddy Jay Buck, um, who was on our show a couple of, of episodes ago from Jay Buck Studios. He got on TikTok, and he has been making some great TikToks. Um, maybe not the most family-friendly TikToks, but he has made some fantastic TikToks. I highly recommend that. Um, so yeah, so that's a long list of hot or snot. Mark, I'll pass it off to you. Um, just got one snot. Uh, my wife Kelly and I have been, re or she was rewatching re the whole series, but I'm rewatching or had to rewatch a portion of it. We started Weeds, uh, the TV show that was on Showtime. And I think it first aired in like 2005. And it, you know, if you don't know anything about it, it's kind of the premises, um, uh, you know, a family, in Southern California and like, you know, uh, just like a, I don't know what we'd say, not like in Los Angeles, but like, you know, a, a suburb, maybe, um, husband dies and she doesn't have a job and she starts selling marijuana in this, you know, in California pre it being, um, legalized recreationally. And then it kind of just goes into that and where I'm, where I'm snotting it. I, fr I saw the first five seasons. I remember that. But the last three seasons of the show, it feels like the writers just didn't care about the audience anymore and just tell a crap story. Uh, there's a part, there's a transition between five and six. Like through season one and five, you had a supporting actress and she played like a pretty important character. And just all of a sudden season six, she just doesn't exist anymore and they never talk about it. And they even retconned a story that involved two other characters that you know interact with each other and they don't like kind of know each other so it's like when you're watching it like how binge wise so like you don't get like a year break between seasons it's really glaring how bad the writing is and how how f you like the f you they gave us with a like a retcon like that in a story and just it's just been downhill Do you feel like they should have just 
Should they have just stopped it after five seasons? At this point, now, like, they created three more seasons. And, yes, I would say they should have just stopped it there, you know. Or, I don't know. man. It's just, it's just awful. It's awful writing. And they've kind of, like, muted some of the characters that had more depth to them. But apparently they're doing a, a like, a revival of the show. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. So, but... I think after... Yeah, maybe they try to right the wrongs. Maybe. And, like, the show ended in 2012, so, I mean, it's been... Eight, it'll be eight or nine years for this, you know, revival, so... Hopefully, it'll tie some loose ends and make me not hate it. Um, so, that's my snot. I would... I, I I would hot the first five seasons. Awesome show. The last three, just been terrible. Um, all right. I'm going into my first hot, and it's a show... We started watching on Netflix called Sweet Magnolias. Um, to read this, I've heard about yeah. I've I've heard about this show, but go ahead and talk about it's it. It's been nice. Um, the premise that I'm reading from Wikipedia: uh, three Southern or South Carolina women, best friends since childhood, uh, as they shepherd each other through the complexities of romance, career, and family. Which is kind of the point. Like you, you, we, you kind of begin the story where like the main uh, lead uh, her. Her and her wife, or her and her husband, are splitting up. The husband's a doctor in the town. The husband has had this mistress that was a nurse, and she's pregnant, and like kind of just everything that's evolving from that. And she has two friends that are, you know, have different, you know, higher up careers in the town, and just everything that goes with it. It's been, it's been pretty good. It's not really my show. It's a show that uh, Kelly wanted to watch, but I'm all in. I think it's a good. I mean, if you're into that kind of like soapy drama stuff. Right up your alley. It's a good. I feel like it's a good, you know, couples watch. So I'd recommend it. It's um, it was child friendly. I don't think there. I haven't seen any. There's no swearing or nudity. So you're golden there. It's TV fourteen. Yeah, it it's is TV fourteen. So, Mark, there you go. It's good for the family. Um, good for the family. All right, my next three hots are all things Max will probably roll his eyes at, or you can probably hear it on. Oh, here we go. I'm prepping to roll my eyes. Here we go. <laughs> but um. There's this docu series that kind of highlights different careers and um, events that happened in pro wrestling called Dark Side of the Ring, and kind of to go off of the Last Dance. It's not necessarily, yes, it's res- it's wrestling stories, but it's not necessarily what you see on TV. It's like these um, events that happen in wrestling. That you maybe you probably have never heard about, but are true stories, and they do ex- exposés on these. Like there's one where it's uh, talks about the assassination of a wrestler who you know rose through Canada, got to you know the big promotion of WWF, then kind of dropped off because he got old and you know they didn't have a thing for him, and then goes into like um, the Montreal mafia and starts being like an enforcer and drug pusher and ends up getting. Uh, like unsolved murderer or unsolved, you know, mystery death. Like, you know, he's found in his house, shot 11 times, seven times in the head, and no one knows who did it. Like stories like that. So I think it's something that even Max Moser himself, who doesn't like wrestling, would enjoy just the storytelling of, you know, stuff like this. Okay. Good. That, that That's interesting. And the piggyback. You, you didn't lose me on. You didn't lose me on that yeah. one. I just want to give you. Credit. And it's on. It's on Vice is where this airs. But I've been watching on Hulu TV. So, coincidentally, Hulu TV. If you're watching a show that's on a different channel, or like you know, would be on Vice. Once you're done with the series, it'll automatically play another you know show from that channel, and it played the show called The Wrestlers, which is kind of a similar thing, but it's like 
current time where they're the same thing, not necessarily documentary, but an expose is probably a better term of like stuff that's currently happening in the world of wrestling, not, and not the big promotions. This is all like small time stuff. Like they did a one episode, they kind of did a, a whole special on these, like I'm forgetting the term. I think it's called anyways, um, like women wrestlers in Bolivia and you know what they've done to kind of push forward like equality amongst women and men and stuff like that. Uh, they did an episode on this promotion called CZW, which is like this hardcore or actually it wasn't on CZW, but um, uh, these matches called death matches where like dudes will fight in like barbed wire matches and like jump through glass, like real glass, electric tubing, like smash each other and like just crazy. St- like yeah, that stuff I hate. I hate, I hate when it's, I hate super violent wrestling. So that's not my gap, my, my shtick, but people love it apparently. And so like they do stuff like that or they'll, um, they focus like the famous, it's like the famous guy that says F this S right. Like, you know, that guy who just jumps on barbed wire and like kills himself basically. And it's just like, but like in a professional setting, essentially torture, porn, basically. Right? Like, yeah. And they have a, they have a, uh, a Japanese guy who's like famous for it in Japan. And it's like, they show you his body and he just has scars everywhere. And it's like, this and they show you like his life, like where he, he's got a wife and kids. Like this dude isn't making a ton of money off of this, but like why would you put yourself through this? It, it's not stuff like that. And then they also did another episode I saw was I haven't seen all of them, but um, it sh- it was showing like um gay and transgendered wrestlers in Mexico, and that was kind of the focus on that and how it's like uh initially it was like a gimmick and like a cultural like you know it was just like a show thing, and now it's kind of been pushed to be more than just a you know. A laughing stock thing like these these wrestlers like want to be perceived as good wrestlers and part of the show and not just like a, a circus act so i mean another show that you know you might hear hey wrestling but i think you might like the story that it tells okay good to know okay are you just trying to make me a believer in wrestling is that like your whole goal in this podcast no, now? it's my goal in life to make you like wrestling but okay, i just i just know like that's, that's, these types of shows and how it's delivered it's not you're not watching raw or smackdown this is like hey some some people have taken their time to go interview these people and tell a bigger story beyond wrestling. Where like, hey, you know what? So- sometimes these people, or all these people, have real lives outside of wrestling, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's a struggle. Like you know, we're all human, so it's like it tells the human side of this stuff. But back to now to my my final hot, which Max will hate. Last night was uh, the sh- pay per view of AEW's Double or Nothing. Fantastic. I think what they're doing over what WWE's doing is great. Like, they actually had people in the stands. I'm guessing it was probably family and friends. But, you know, they did sections of 10 people. So, it was, you know, they did their social distancing. Um, Great card. They had, like, nine matches in the ring. They were all great. But their final match was, um, I think this will be a thing of the future, or at least as long as the pandemic's going on, is doing these big, like, filmed matches where it's more like a, like a mini movie that you're seeing. And they did this okay. whole match in the Jacksonville Jaguars stadium. I think it's like the TIAA field or something like that. So like in, they filmed on, they had a ring in the middle of the football field. So these guys, and there's 10 people wrestled throughout this, the field into the stands inside the stadium. There's a bar fight in, in, in this whole charade of stuff. And you know, you get the typical, of course, of course there is. And it was, it was both hilarious, fun and action filled. Like the, WWE, ah, sorry, WWE did it with their last pay-per-view, and 
I think it might be a thing of the you know future for wrestling and this is like hey we're gonna give you a good 20 to 30 minutes of you know filmed action and hopefully it's really good and I think they what they did paid off and it was really fun I think you wouldn't you you may enjoy that part I know you're not a big fan of the wrestling and all the show that goes into it but that one I would make I'd make you watch if I had the ability. What's the future what's the future of wrestling looking like right now, Mark, with all this coronavirus? Like is are we gonna see these little are we gonna see these little organizations and companies die where Vince McMahon's the only one that can live or vice versa? I think we might see a thrive in smaller promotions. Um, given because I, I read an article where they're no longer WWE's no longer gonna do house shows, which is like, you know, from, you know, when they do, like, a Monday night show to Friday, like, they're going to do Tuesday, Wednesday, or I don't think they do Wednesday, but, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday shows in, like, smaller towns. I think that might be, they, they, they've they said that they don't think they're going to do that anymore, which then leaves the market open for smaller, you know, promotions to fill that gap. Okay. All right. Curi- I was just curious, because, yeah, well, hopefully the money works out, man, because that's, that's a lot of money. Well, yeah, just on the table right now. So, if WWE so can't capitalize. I did during my master's program. I did paper in WWE and like just their whole, you know, what they bring to you know society economically. WrestleMania, the weekend of WrestleMania, is so big that it generates over a billion dollars to the community just for over a weekend. I'd believe like that. that's how big I'd of an event that. it is. They like it's the Super Bowl of wrestling, so. Because not only are you getting WWE in, other smaller promotions and conventions are going to piggyback off of the hype, so they come in and bring more people in. So, I mean, you you can laugh at WWE being fake, scripted, whatever, still making more money and still publicly traded on the stock market. So, there you go. No, that's fair. That's fair. Anything else for Hot or Snot? Oh, that's all I got for this week. Cool. Let's get into the top five. D. We're going in three. Infinity Bros. Top five One. list starts now. Given the news of Ruby Rose uh, leaving Batwoman, we wanted to put together our top five list of women we would like to see fill her role. Now, keep in mind, people, uh, we are just putting these people out there hoping for the best, but we we never know. You just never know. So uh, this is who we would replace her with. Um, even though I said it wasn't a good show earlier, I still did uh, take the top five seriously, Mark. I just want to preface that. <laughs> Your top five isn't the I didn't, Golden Girls. I didn't, I didn't mail my, I didn't mail my five, top five list in. I just want you to know that. The temptation would be to do that, but I didn't. I just want For you. For you. Because I know you're a big CW guy, so I don't want to like... Remember, you got to... In your top five, you better have some people, women that, you know, the teenagers will like. Well, yeah. Well, I hope so. We'll, well see. Well, I hope you two do too. All right. I hope so. The kids. I hope the kids like like them. Um, well, I think we go back and forth on our list, right? We'll start with five. So I'll start with five. Since and I did think of this one. This one's popular, but um, I think it would work for everybody. Miranda Cosgrove of um, iCarly. Oh. And House of Rock. Uh, school. It's Jack Black movie. It's House of Rock, right? Sure. School of Rock. But, you know, whatever. School of Rock. Thank you. Jesus. House of Rock. What am I thinking? Um. Yes, so uh, I I thought that would be a great pick. It uh, caters to the teenage audience that has seen iCarly. Yeah, but like that teenage audience that saw iCarly are like our, our, our age, yeah. like five years yeah. younger adults. So you're pulling them in. 
She's young. She's still not unbelievably relevant in regards to everything else, uh, but I think she'd be a great pick. I went a little like out there where it's like yeah, I, th- I don't think it'll happen, but you know, just you know, someone I'd want to see. Well, oh, I, I did with I have four more, okay. Mark. I okay. have four more. I have I have <laughs> Tessa Thompson as my number five. Okay, good. You picked a person of color. Great. Okay, because I have one too. You only have one. Oh, that's kind of sad. That's I only of... have one, but I was, but like I was, I was saying like I didn't know if some people were gonna be like, hey, don't take away the race of the character that Ruby Rose. See, this is my thing. Though... I'm not like, I might be biased. I'm not gonna take away redheaded characters away from that. And uh, Kane is not a natural redhead. She's dyed red, so a little different. So it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> is Tessa Thompson a natural redhead? She is not. Go ahead, go ahead, Mark. Keep going. Sorry, uh, I'm sorry. I just, I just oh, go, so you want, going. we're gonna snake it. So I'll do four, and then you do four, three. Yeah, okay. you do four, then I'll do four. Okay, three. my number four, Bella Thorne. Bella Thorne, what's she from? Gosh, I, I just, I feel like I only see her like on, like social media stuff. Like, I really could tell you what she's from, but I think she has the part. I know she's an actress, so that's that's kind of. Uh, I would assume our audience would know who that is. That's okay. Um, my number four is Natalie Morales. So she was in Parks and Recreation. She plays Lucy, um, the the girlfriend of um, oh my gosh, uh, Aziz Ansari's character, Tom, Tom, Tom's girlfriend. She also is in, and part of the reason I picked her is Har- the new Harley Quinn show. She plays Lois Lane. So, um, did she also like, date like uh, as, um, Chris I don't Evans? No, maybe she has. You should Google that. Smash your keyboard and find that out while I go. Oh, so three. the reason I want to go back. The reason why I want with Bella Thorne. She would fit perfectly with all the teenagers. Teenagers love Bella Thorne. There you go. Well, and that's why I picked Natalie Morales, too. She's, again, and I, now when we get to the top, well, three and one are way more popular on my list. Two, four, and five fit into, like, the, you know, obscure enough to go take this role. Um, Like, I don't think Natalie Morales is getting tons of gigs right now. My number three would be Allison Brie. Uh, I think she is dynamite in community. Um, She's fantastic in Glow. Yeah, yeah, Jenny you Slate, her in Glow. Jenny Slate and Chris Evans dated. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so I think I think Allison Brie could do it simply be and you you took away my thunder there, but she's done Glow, she's done a more powerful presence. She'd probably have to put on a little more um muscle, but um I think she could do it. I actually think she could do it. I I would like to see that role from her. Just so. thinking of Jenny Slate, I just want to say like this these are, you know, I don't I don't usually give away honorable mentions. You know, usually I leave that well, for charity. Is it for charity? Is it for charity? It could be, but I'll give them out for free this time. Um, the girls from Broad City. I just thought of them. It's like both of either of those girls would be or women would be fantastic in this role. I think they'd give a good. I always feel like a comedic actor is does a way better job going into a serious role like that. I mean, look at Michael Keaton into Batman. But I digress. That's a good point. That's a that's a really good point. Actually, I, I agree. Three and two for you, Mark. Uh, my number three is I. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this first name, Samira Wiley. She's uh, she's from Orange Is the New Black. She plays. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I think she'd be a good fit, and probably, I mean, if she has, I, I think she'd be a great fit for this role, and you know, goes into the whole you know being diverse and and catering to that. And I I, I think I'm not gonna go there. Um, but my number two, and I'm I'm going with being kind of going into the show. And if you know, uh, so like the friend of oh, Ruby Rose from Batwoman is uh, 
you know, Beth and Alice are connected to her. You go with that actress, Rachel Skirsten, where she's supposed to be, um, you could almost have her take over the role. So kind of playing into the story and playing in that, you know, Ruby, oh. Ruby Rose's character just gets killed or leaves. We- and then she takes over the role of Batwoman. I didn't realize we had such an elite Batwoman mind on our podcast. I'm glad you're on this episode. My goodness. I do what I can. So that'd be number one. No, that was my number two. Oh, number two. I'm sorry. Go ahead, number one. No, you you got to do number one. Oh, I got to do two, then one. Then yeah. you do one last. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so so no, I'm going to go back to Devs, the show I talked about in Hot or Snot. Sonoya Mizunu. Um, she is Chinese, but I really think she would do a great job in this role. If, if they could just plug her and go. Um, she is absolutely incredible in devs. I think she's a dynamite actress. Uh, that's a probably bigger show than what CW is doing. I think FX shows are a little bigger and more well-known, I think, in the Hollywood community. But um, I'd love to see her get a shot at that and really take it on. And then my number one is Daisy Ridley, just because I just don't think it'll ever happen. But I would pick Daisy Ridley. If, if it were to happen, I would pick Daisy Ridley. I didn't even think about Daisy Ridley, but I went in the kind of the same realm where this will never happen. But I think she cinematically probably is would be my top choice. Kristen Stewart would be great pick. My oh number my one gosh. for Batwoman. That's the pick. Yeah. Yeah. I throw away my list, Mark. <laughs> you've, sw- you've swayed me. Your number one is better than my number one. I do what I can. I want to replace it. That's great. Miranda, get off the list. And then and know what you get then if you combine the show and the movie. You get a Kristen Stewart Batwoman and a Robert Pattinson Batman. And bam, I just made you a billion dollars. Thank you very much, Warner Brothers. You just get a shot of all the Warner Brothers people sitting by ATMs as they're spitting money at their faces. Guys, I just listened to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's our top five for this week. Thank you again for listening. Mark, thanks for coming on, man. It was a great show. Uh, A little longer. I always love coming. Actually, no, about about an hour and 30. I think we're about on time here. We're out on the pace. Um, Yeah, well, uh, yeah, hope you're doing well. Hope you're enjoying your Memorial Day weekend with your 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 wonderful wife Kelly. You didn't even plug her. You want to plug her? Oh, yet? I plugged her plenty, and well, I'll you plug just her didn't again. say she's a wonderful wife. Well, she is you a wonderful wife. And I got you to go. you know yeah, spend time sure with my wonderful friend uh, Robert Smartnick. So yeah, Robert's there. He yeah, it's it's been good for you guys. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, well, enjoy your Memorial Day, Mark. You it's as well. Great having on you and great chatting. And uh, thank you, Infinity Bros Universe, wherever you're listening. Oh, thank you, Infinity Bros Universe, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your evening, day, night, morning, whatever it is. Um, And we look forward to uh, seeing you guys soon. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, especially Twitch. We're going to be doing some more gaming this week, so we want to make sure you guys catch up with us. Until then, as always, remember, we love you 3000. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.